Welcome back to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, I was just watching comedians in cars getting coffee. And I kind of find myself wondering if, like, the guests on there hold back, like, their best stuff. Like, or, or their stuff at all. Where it's Jerry Seinfeld carrying the conversation and he just doesn't want to give away stuff. And it made me start thinking, like, do guests who come on my show hold back their best stuff? So, Harrison, are you going to give me your best stuff in this, in this I episode? just assumed that that's what you've been doing for, like, ten years. That you've been I, holding no, back your best stuff so that I don't get it. Like, I assumed all the other podcasts must be good that I'm not on. Well, I mean, like, you know, the other show was growing pretty well it, before <laughs> I departed. And then I came here and this one started growing pretty well when i came so exactly so that i just assume that you're saving all the good takes for the day that i'm not your (laughs) co-host unfortunately for the people listening like this is the good stuff oh well that's disappointing (laughs) no i you know i I was speaking of watching podcasts i have a bone to pick with you you in your announcement about the uh the hook your new show with aaron larsoul that is going to first episode tomorrow yeah debuting tomorrow or tonight or tonight when you're listening i don't know friday Mm-hmm. Uh, time is time is lost uh, all meaning, mm-hmm. but you know Flat you uh, you described the atmosphere that you want for the show. You're, you're you were like, well, we want like a bar happy hour type atmosphere. We want some kind of like lounge esque thing. And I was like, <laughs> am I being? Am I? Did you just steal our whole bit? Like, is that? Well, the the problem is you just use the name on me, and then you're like, oh shit, I have a show that's like actually a better fit for this name. And you just stumbled. So- you know, I you, I could answer. Although this I guess if you, you want. couldn't call it Lakers Lounge since you're doing general NBA stuff, but still, mm-hmm. I was a little hurt that you were like, "Hey, I want to have this kind of lounge show where I kick back and well, you know." See, the problem is when I walk into this Lakers Lounge, I'm the only person drinking, and that's just alcoholism. Like that's just <laughs> so. So it's accurate for you. <laughs> so, like, I wanted the hook. I wanted a drinking friend, a drinking buddy, and and that's what it's going to be. So we're going we're going to be in a in a bar next door. It's like two bars. Like one of them you go to with me, where I'm the designated driver, and then uh-huh. like the other bar is one that you go to with Aaron, where you yeah, take an Uber we, home. We Uber too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you figured this out. I'm, All right, I'm there we go. I think we just solved ha- our marketing problem. I was, you know, I was a little <laughs> not going to lie. I was a little miffed with you. All right. Well, today I wasn't show... going to drive you home from the lounge. I was going to make you take an Uber tonight too. So that's a long drive. Yeah. So you know, let me know when you're on <laughs> when you're on your way. Yeah. Today's show, we are uh, continuing the, the player preview series, and uh, be the the reason that we are covering this player is because we didn't get a guest uh, to to we didn't schedule a guest. Harrison uh, was so miffed about the lounge situation that he actually closed it up to other people. And so today we're going to talk about a, a current Laker, a returning Laker, one of the very few returning Lakers. And before we went, before we started recording, Harrison said, I am not doing the AD podcast with you. Yeah, no, that was my one demand. We were trying to come up with players that we could talk about today yeah. that haven't been touched on yet on the feed. And I was like, I'm not, after last week, after this entire summer in Slack, after seeing your Twitter, I'm just not having the AD conversation with you. You can save that for, you can save that for Aaron, honestly, like new guy hazing, you know, just force him <laughs> to, you know, address your AD at the five concerns. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. We, I, I can't do this all year where every single pod I get on with you is going to be a referendum on Anthony Davis. Davis's entire career based on whether or not he played three extra minutes at center. I mean, I hold Anthony's to a high regard is the thing. (laughs) 
and and have you uh, told yourself that other anthony's other (laughs) anthony's i hold to a very high regard uh but we're going to talk about taylor horton tucker and he's kind of flown under the radar this year or this summer because of the russell westbrook acquisition uh because of the season that ad had a year ago because he isn't lebron james because of all the new additions but high key like not even low key high key the Lakers made a giant investment into this kid, and it he has shown a ton of promise, so you kind of understand where that is coming from. But part of the investment also is they chose him between him and Alex Caruso. So, like, between the actual financial commitment that they made to, to Taylor Horton Tucker, you have the opportunity cost that comes with him. And my question to you, Harrison, is, like, does that mean that we – does that affect the expectation for him heading in for this year, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it definitely will for some people for sure, because, you know, how could it not, you know, he's, I think he's going to be the fourth highest paid player on the team this Mm -hmm. season. You know, he's, he's up there in terms of salary. And again, that's like, you know, probably 20 million short of the next guy, you know, whoever (laughs) that I think, I think it's AD is, uh, is third. Um, But still, you know, Talon's going to be making decent NBA money. There's all the factors that you mentioned of choosing him over. Yeah. Yeah. Good NBA money. Eight figures. Uh, He's doing fine. Oh, I was yeah. I was not implying that Talon is going to have to you know like require like a PPE loan. No, no, no with the Lakers. I, I, I mean yeah. it. Well, unlike some people, but like, uh, but like, I, I maybe mean he it, can I loan mean... Genie some money. You know, the next time that the Lakers. <laughs> but hey, no, speaking I, I think... of money, like Lakers, are you really entering this season with? An old roster? No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this today. You can you can bring this up. You could bring this up on the next podcast. No, I mean it's a way to lower your luxury taxes. Anthony, there's like two there's like two weeks before training camp. They have time to sign another person. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so as far as Talon though, I think there should be higher expectations on him certainly because you know you don't make that kind of investment and not expect him to be an every uh, an everyday player. You know he was not that yeah. for the Lakers last year. Even during the situation, like when they were really banged up, he was an every game player. But there were also stretches of the season where when they were fully healthy, where he just wasn't playing. And mm-hmm. that's fine when you're the developmental second round pick, all that stuff. But when you invest it, this level of money in a guy, like you need him to be able to play every single night or, you know, m- maybe not 82 games. You're going to get nicks and knacks here and there. But mm-hmm. you need him to be an every game he is healthy. He is in the rotation type mm-hmm. player if you're committing these types of resources. And, you know, for a team like the Lakers, that means that you actually need them to be good this is not the houston rockets where it's like you know you can throw guys out there and you just need them to be able to play and you know develop and all this stuff the lakers actually need him to contribute to winning basketball and you know i think that they're making sort of a game they're it's certainly a vote of confidence and it's a gamble you know they need him to be able to be in the rotation be one of these primary ball handlers and scorers with the bench and things i don't think he's going to start even though you know if you just looked at salaries he would have an argument there but i think he'll probably still continue to come off the bench get to cook with those bench units they have the good news for him is they have more shooting around him this year that I think should allow him to get to the rim a little bit easier. But again, you know, if that's the only thing that you can do, defenses are still going to only play you for that to a certain mm-hmm. degree. But, you know, I think another year, we already saw what, how big of a leap he made from year one to year two in terms of his skill set and the way that he was adjusting to things. And 
obviously he did not have this the close to the season that anyone was hoping for but I think that we saw real growth from him last year we've seen him in the gym he's transformed his physique I think it's totally reasonable to expect the best season of his career so far even admitting that that's not like a huge bar but they need him to be a real contributor for them yeah I agree with all of that uh, and and look the the Caruso stuff is what it is at this point, right? That's like also, that's, yeah. I mean, that's not his fault. That's not Caruso. Like that's a management not. thing. Yeah, of course not. But like you know, when 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 that is a decision and you are a part of that decision, like that, you are going to catch some of the blowback on that if you don't meet expectations. And and I guess for me, I'm trying to figure out what fair expectations are. And yeah, it kind of reminds me. Remember back in back uh, before Pow showed up. The, I believe it was either before, or like right at the time that Powell showed up. The Lakers extended. It was before they extended Andrew Bynum, and uh, yeah, I believe it that was, was before. It was it was like before he'd really proven anything. He was hurt he'd by the time Powell showed up. Yeah, and and uh, and I don't think they would have extended. Like the the extension would have looked very different after he got hurt the first time. But so like they they extended him, and I remember like the conversation about it was well if he shows out if he plays like a high lottery pick then uh then that money is that that's a great contract that the, how that would actually look and and that's how it played out right like he did uh he was very good before Powell showed up and then Powell showed up and then he was a contributor to finals teams plural uh and so like I think the Lakers got their money's worth on that contract but I think here with, with Taylor Horton Tucker, it's very much the same thing where they paid him ahead of time. And the gamble that they're making is if, if he plays like a fourth best player on a championship team, then this is a great, this is the going rate. This is below the going rate for the fourth best player on a championship team. Yeah, fourth team. or fifth, honestly, is around yeah. where this is. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so I, I think, like, I understand the gamble. The only, it's just, it's hard to separate it, even though I started this thing by saying the Caruso stuff is what it is. It's hard to separate it from the fact that, like, that was somebody that we know could contribute to championship level. Okay, basketball. so see, I was going to let all this slide, but then now you, you know, you're taking it back too many times. I, I think you just lost Twitter privileges for tomorrow. I, I think <laughs> we can let the listeners de- decide whether or not that that was a Caruso complaint that would, uh, you know, kind of violate the terms of the agreement that you know you should that you're going to be suspended from Twitter for a day. But okay, I feel like I feel like you really told no, the line. I, well, there. no, I look, I see the line right there. <laughs> I see it right there. I know what it would look like. I think you stepped right over it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Just, I don't think I did. Foot on the line like KD a little bit. No, I don't think so. I'm I'm wearing my nine and a halfs today or my, <laughs> t- my tens and not my ten and a halfs. Like that's that's what we're doing here. Okay, is that- but – I think as far as the Talon thing goes, uh, you know, to to the Caruso point, I think I understand why that makes it more important that he hits. But I also think that we can't necessarily hold him to a higher standard just because of a, you know, like we can't expect him to develop more just because they let someone else go, you know, that doesn't even really play Mm -hmm. the same position or role or whatever. So it's like I'm just trying to think about in terms of keeping my expectations and keeping expectations in check. You know it's what a, I mean? It's a balance. Well, it's a balance, yeah. though, I think. Like, I I, th- I agree with you. It's not like Talon Horton Tucker walked into the front office and was like, it's either me or Caruso. Could you imagine if he did, though? I'm just like, <laughs> it's a hilarious image. Honestly, he's a clutch guy. He probably could it, have. Do you think he knows where Rob's office is? I feel like he doesn't get to, like, go up there. <laughs> he has to, like, 
he has to run what he wants to talk to Rob about by like LeBron first. They definitely like they gave him Kurt Rambis's number, but not <laughs> but not Rob's. Like Rob screens it for Kurt for uh or Kurt screens it for or screens it for Rob. It's like it's like the the CEO of Vox is technically in our Slack, but you probably don't want to. <laughs> Like, you probably yeah, like he probably wouldn't answer my Slack messages, but maybe <laughs> I'll let you try it after this. All right, I'll send it. What if I send one right now? And if by the end of the show he responds, then we then we figure out like where that puts me on the pecking order. I feel like doing a bit by Slack messaging the CEO <laughs> of the company on air. You know, is probably not the best way to endear yeah, yourself to right. him, but. You know, far be it for me to stop you from self-sabotage. Like, I haven't been able to for our entire career, so why start now? All right, but, yeah, like, I I guess to get back to the point, though, like, it's a balance. It is, you're objectively correct in saying that the Lakers choosing Caruso, or choosing Taylor Horton Tucker over Caruso wasn't Taylor Horton Tucker's fault, you know, And, and yet... That remains to be the case. Like, that's, that's still the situation. They couldn't have had both, and they chose one over the other. And I think, you know, I, I think for where this team is right now, it's, it's pretty hard to argue that Taylor Horton Tucker is, is going to be stretched when it comes to, like, producing at a level that somebody who, like, Alex Caruso's age would have, right? I'm going right. I see the line. See it right I, I feel like you have flown past it. <laughs> I at have this not point. flown past it. No, I said he'd be stretched. I didn't say he was incapable of it. And and that's the thing. If he does produce at the level that Caruso has the last couple seasons, then then like he outdid expectations, and the Lakers have a great contract for a great young player who, at the very least, at that point becomes a phenomenal trade piece if and when the situation calls for it. Or and like just the bridge to the next, you know, era. Or, or yeah, or yeah. he becomes like the 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 second or third best player in the Anthony Davis era of of the Lakers, right after LeBron is gone. Um, depending we're on where LeBron We're still fits assuming in. the AD is going to go longer. I just assume LeBron's going to play till he's sixty at this point. Like I feel like we're going to get the, <laughs> the post AD era before we get the post LeBron. Yeah, AD is going to AD is going to play till forty, and LeBron is still going to outlast him. Like. <laughs> No, AD's going to retire in two seasons, and people are going to tell me, like, actually, it's fine. You don't have to hold that against him. It was a personal choice. It didn't affect the Lakers. It was actually a good thing for the Lakers. You're just unbelievable. I just (laughs) – but your excuse to yell about Caruso again and try to do it in a way that I didn't yell about him. Yeah, okay. No, I I can. I can. I can fly over that line if you want, but I won't. What do you think are reasonable expectations for THT this year? Like, Caruso stuff aside, like, what do you think the optimized version of THT on this roster looks like? Because that's actually the thing that I'm the most curious about and, like, that I've put the most thought into as far as him when I've thought about, you know, him and his season this summer is like what does Talon Horton Tucker on this team even look like you know with yeah. so many other guys that can handle the ball and score and like what like is he going to have to adapt his skill set you know is he you know you could tell me that he was going to do anything from be the primary kind of backup ball handler besides LeBron and Westbrook you know when those two are either out of the game or you know taking possessions off you could tell me that he was anywhere from that to you know like 
uh, just kind of ineffective, you know? Like, I, I just, I think there is a chance. There's a real chance here. I think he's talented. Like, I think he's promising. But they have a lot of good players, and there's a chance that he get, starts to get squeezed in the backcourt rotation, like, if certain guys ball out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing here, too, is is it might not be in his control. You know, like, Kendrick Nunn and Alex Caruso have a lot in common, you know? Malik Monk and Taylor Horton Tucker have a lot in common in terms of like, in terms of what they bring to the game. Like they're both like big ish combo guards who uh, that has got to be the first time anyone has ever compared Kendrick Nunn to Alex Caruso. Well, I, I'm just, no, not, no, I didn't say Alex. what I say? You did. No, I said, you said Alex Tucker. Caruso. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm really scared about this. Fine. Like, it's <laughs> actually not tweeting a day. Sounds kind of nice. I might I might just fly over the line at some point here. All right. But like Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk are kind of like that that gif of from the office where where the the you know Michael, I think Andy and is it Dwight? Yeah, are Dwight. all sitting there they're all sitting there and, and they have the fingers pointed at each other. And that's how they're gonna decide who like who gets the minutes between those three. Because there's a lot in common there with the, with all those players. And and it might just be that none is better or that Malik Monk is better. M- Monk was better last season, you know? And so like, if, if, if that's where we, if that's where we arrive, it might not, it might not necessarily be in Taylor Horton Tucker's hands. Yeah. I think that the main, the main shot that THT has is if he's going to mostly play the wing and if he improves, like he doesn't have to become a good defender. He just has to become a, you know, not what he was last season where he was mm-hmm. kind of, mostly a tire fire that teams were picking out and seeking out yeah. and he, he got a little better as the year went on I, I will say but early on it was really bad and like he's gonna have to be much much better than that to kind of you know be able to play the wing successfully but if he can kind of get some of those backup wing minutes that's an area where this team is not incredibly deep unless you think that Trevor Ariza is only going to play small forward after playing you know 90 90 some percent or whatever 96. his minute, mm-hmm. minutes at power forward last season and I'm sure he'll play some on at the three, but you know Trevor Ariza is also probably not an every game player at this point in his career, and yeah. so like that's where the real to me opportunity is for Talon is if he can seize that like okay those non LeBron minutes where we need another wing size guy out there that Kuz kind of had last year where uh, you know if if Talon can get those then I think that's a really good sign for how how much progress he's made and the that's where he can probably have the most impact on this team is my guess yeah that's the that's the differentiate differentiating factor here between Talon and the other two guards that we talked about here is that he's of those three guys the only guy physically capable of standing up a three like the other the other three guys he has like a seven foot wingspan it's ridiculous yeah that too and he's thick like he's a he's a bigger guy than the other two guys and like i remember less thick now have you seen the lakers workout picks like he's you know skinny THT. so there goes there goes even the the benefit that i was going to give him a second ago (laughs) no but like (laughs) he's he's i think i think where where i where i think of talon horton tucker and the role that he most ideally carves out for himself is he's a part of that second unit and the only part of that second unit that is like bona fide night in night out he's your sixth or seventh guy right where he comes in and he comes in let's say for russ uh to to so that you can get some minutes where uh talon is out there with lebron and ad 
right? Because that's another thing that I think the Lakers are going to try to make a priority here is they still want him next to LeBron. They still want him next to AD. So if he comes in for for Russ, uh, LeBron takes over a few more ball handling uh uh, responsibilities and then the next sub in is like a reza or something like that and the sub after that is probably a guard and that's where uh that's where uh tht slides down the spot a couple spots and he helps with more wing defense now that they have monk or none whichever those two players didn't start the game and so i i think for for where or didn't start but but you know what i mean yeah. Weren't weren't in there when Taylor Horton Tucker first came into the game. And I think if he can do that, and if he can get seventeen to twenty ish minutes consistently and more and more importantly, can maintain a similar role come the postseason, that's a perfectly fine season for my for, for, for what I'm hoping for with somebody who is still, I believe I think he's only twenty still. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be twenty one next year. Like yeah. during the season. And 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 so for, so we know for, there's going to be a stretch of the year where we got to look out for like hungover THT, you know, <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> he goes, the team is going to have some nights. I, I'm just predicting this where DNP 21st birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think there are going to be the occasional nights where the old heads are better at keeping their wine in their system than, than Taylor Horton Tucker is. Yeah. There's some there's some guys on here I think who could really throw it back. And I don't think Taylor Horton Tucker is quite. I like one to of imagine that's what players always mean when they say this guy taught me how to be a pro. It's like they taught me the value of Pedialyte, you know, like. <laughs> well, in that case, water I know between how to be, drinks. I know, I know what it takes to be a pro. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, what do you think about that season for him and that role and what like if it for for what that would be. Would that be enough for the commitment they made to him, both in terms of financial commitment and in terms of opportunity costs? I think that would be enough, yes. Because, I, again, like just because he's the fourth highest paid player does not mean that I expect him to be the fourth best player necessarily on this team. I think the biggest thing is they just need him to take another step forward in his development and be able to play, like you said, like night in, night out like that. And if he's able to do those things and find ways to do that, whether that's getting better as an off-ball player, whether that's becoming a little bit better of a shooter so that he can kind of play in more lineups, uh, you know, as both a spot-up guy— you know, or, you know, as a cutter and things like that. And, you know, he's going to have to get better on defense so that he can defend and, you know, guard multiple positions and it'd be not someone, at least not someone that teams are hunting every single time. You know, th- those are the things, like I said, that I'm looking for. And I think that that goes right into the role that you're kind of talking about and that level of effectiveness where he's not someone that is going to necessarily, you know, win you a bunch of games but he'll win you a few minutes here and there and is good enough to not lose you games like you know some of his like remember that game against the nets early on in the season where he just looked like a chicken with his head cut off on defense they were just going after him after him after him on screens and losing him and stuff like that like they just can't have situations like that where teams are going on 8-0 runs because he doesn't know where he's supposed to be yeah i i agree and and like because they have enough so, guys, like, they have enough guys that they have to cover for that they can't afford someone to be a complete and total sieve. You know, they, yeah. need him to, they need him to be able to hold his own or at least be competent. The worst kind of player to me is a player who you ignore on one side and you pick on on the other, right? <laughs> and, and as somebody who shot, he shot 28% from three-point range last year, 
on only two attempts a game means they got to ignore him when he didn't have the ball on one end of the court. And then in some cases picked on him relentlessly on the other side of the court. And both of those things can never be the case this year. And and during, during bad THT stretches last year, that's exactly what was happening. And that's why, you know, a lot of people were saying like, he's probably going to have to be out of the rotation by the time that the playoffs come around, you know, he's not ready quite for this level. But that said, you know, I think that there's a lot of reasons for optimism, like the, you know, the, how much he's changed his physique since being drafted in the two years since, and not even really two years, like it's like a kind of fake two yeah. years or it's not even quite two years yet like because one of and a half yeah like 1.75 yeah how expedited the seasons have been you know like how much he's transformed his physique from then to now like that shows that he's at least a guy who is dedicated to this who wants to get better you know we've seen how much of a leap he took offensively you know coming in in the preseason last year and taking everyone by storm with how he could score and do things and whatever like you know he's just got to take that next step forward this season and I think he can do it I honestly think that he's primed for uh like I, I can see the ways that this goes wrong and we end up in that worst case scenario but I think that based on what we've seen and again it's like always you know tough to judge this stuff based on off-season photos and workout videos but he at least seems like the type of guy that's going to come back better and I think if he actually does that then he's primed to play a pretty important role on this team I kind of look at it you know because KCP was always called the LeBron tax right yeah. and and I think like LeBron hears that you know, I, I think Clutch hears that, and I think in those in those situations there was some, you know, a little extra pressure. I think from LeBron and Clutch to KCP, like, hey man, like you, we can't we can't have you keep being called the LeBron tax. And I think here with THT, it's kind of a similar thing here, where he is the LeBron tax, he is the Anthony Davis tax. No, and the and training think, wheels are off at this point with the new yeah, contract. And I, you know, and I think, and I think with with this case, I, I, again, I think LeBron, AD, and and the rest of the clutch team is going to be like, hey man, like we saw KCP improve, we saw he became a really important part of a championship team, and we know that you're younger than KCP was at that time, but in order for you to not be looked at as this LeBron tax you need to show out and and i think like you're talking about the body trans uh transformations and he has never ever appeared to me as somebody who like wasn't willing to put in the work on or off the court and so like with when you combine all of these things it makes me think that yeah this guy this guy is heading in the right direction and it's just a matter of like will he get enough opportunities to uh really show out fully and and then when he gets those opportunities, how how consistently can he do that? Because for twenty one year old NBA players, the key is always consistency. That's always that's always the thing that everybody always wants to see more of from 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 players his age. And and if the Lakers get that, then that contract looks fine. And and if it looks fine this season, then moving forward it looks great. Uh, the more that we talk about this and the more that we think about it right now, you know, I think the, you know, if he just does take a step forward defensively, I, I think he's in for a really big year. And I think that he's really going to get an opportunity because it's not like last year where he's competing for minutes against all guys that ha- are like plus defenders for the most part in the backcourt mm-hmm. and, you know, on the way, yeah. like even Kuz, you know, for all of his faults was a bit, be- he was a better defender than THT, you know, like we can all significantly. like, yeah, significantly. And so, you know, the guys that he was competing for minutes with last year, your KCPs, your Caruso's, your Kuz is like all these 
these guys were plus defenders, and we all know which way Vogel's going to lean when he's trying to put together lineups and stuff like that. This year, he kind of has the benefit of, you know, that like old metaphor of like, you know, when you're, if you're with a friend and a bear attacks, like you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friend. Like THT <laughs> doesn't have to be a good defender. He just has to be a better defender than Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. And I think that that is doable. <laughs> He's going to sit there on the bench telling those guys the wrong directions to run. (laughs) He's like, yeah, so Frank actually loves it when you rotate off of corner shooters. It's like unorthodox. But he says that the main thing that he wants you to do is, you know, get a sag off of any corner three-point shooter. We want those shots. Those are bad shots, you know? Yeah. Every time he walks out onto the court, he's like, all right, there's the good player. All right, I'll take the other guy. We are... (laughs) (laughs) Steph is out there with Wiggins. He's like, oh, I got Wig. Wig's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I'm I'm also I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not as I'm not fly off the handle the way that I kind of see it sometimes with with Lakers Twitter. I'm also not it, contrary to to I think what people think of me. I I think it's possible that moving forward this contract is going to look better than Caruso's contract. It's it's uh, it, it it's possible. And and you know the the only the only question that I ever had about it was always, hey, if you're in win now mode, do you go with the person who just won or the person who you think has the potential to help you win? Right? It's like that. It's Peter Griffin it's with the box, box and the boat. Yeah, it's like you have a boat, but that box can be anything. Could even yeah. be a boat. Yeah, you have you a know? goat, but that box <laughs> could have anything, even a goat. <laughs> So that's what that's where I find myself. All right, uh, I think anything else? Like, do do you think do you think best absolute best case scenario here? Do we get like most improved player talk about this guy? I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, in this market, you know, like with the market size, I think it's possible for sure. I, I mean, I feel like that would be very against what I feel like the spirit of the award should be. But, you know, <laughs> hey, Julius Randle won it last year, and he was a lottery pick. And so, you know, that yeah. means that, you know, I guess young players developing is worthy of a most improved player award. Because, you know, as uh, there are plenty of stories around the league of guys not developing. So maybe that's fair. <laughs> um, but I, I think... You know, I think he may get some buzz for that. And, you know, I, I here's where you, the only thing that I have left to add is, Anthony, if you could just cut this preamble and just tweet out just this clip that I'm about to say, like, OK, totally. I think Taylor Horton Tucker is in for like a six man of the year campaign level, you know, like type of thing. I think he might start to force his way into the starting lineup and maybe possibly the MVP discussion. And <laughs> I just am that high on how much he can bring and how great, you know, this kid's potential is, you know, he. He is, he's a hard worker. Oh, hey, Mia's and, behind you. Hey, Mia. No, how you doing? Can you, so just cut that part and cut <laughs> all the other stuff and just tweet out that clip and be like, at HM Fagan is really high on THT so that I can send it to her and she'll be like, oh, wow, like you really went to bat for my guy. Uh-huh. No, I, I, she's standing right behind you. I don't know why, why you feel the need to. T- <laughs> oh, anyway. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see you there. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's end this thing. In in the way that I like to end these things, and I know again that you're that you're currently a vegetarian. This is, this but is the point... worst radio segment in history. I have to say, like every single week, you come to me with something that I tell you that I have no opinion on. Well, the thing is, Harrison, you're Spock. You don't really have opinions. <laughs> like, so... I do. I think THT MVP consideration. That's that's an opinion. <laughs> oh, Mia's back. Yeah, hi, hi Mia. Good, <laughs> but. 
at one point in your life, you ate steak, yes. right? Yeah. How did you order your steak? Medium. God dang <laughs> What's wrong with that? Is that not... What do you do? Well yes, done? It's... No. Oh, oh okay. God, no. I was going to no, say. No, no, like... no, 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 no. I, I get mine rare. I get mine... I like it. Okay, I feel like I feel like medium is closer to that. Like that's closer than we are on most issues. It it's also medium is also perfectly you. It's also like perfectly your brand. You don't like it too overcooked. You don't like to get too high. You don't like it too undercooked. You don't like to get too low. I just like see the thing for me is because I'm such a germaphobe. I like hamburger. I was always worried about like rare. Like I'm gonna get some kind of like food poisoning. Like. I was I was that way for a little while, but then the first time you have it, it and you don't get it, and it tastes so much better than medium, that's when I decided, all right, I'm rolling the dice every time I, I get a steak. Every single but time. But then wouldn't it be cheaper to just, like, you live in Texas. Couldn't you just, like, drive to, like, someone's farm and take a bite out of their cow, like, at that point? You know, like, I feel like that's... <laughs> it's kind of frowned upon. You know, you get kicked. I, I did it the first time we were out here, and... You either get shot. I was at gonna say, with... it, I would be less worried about the kick and more worried yeah. about the owner well, of said cow. No, I both both cases. Like the cow is never like is never all that thrilled about it, and then the the owner is is particularly tweaked about it. And and out here, like there aren't very many trees on those ranches and stuff, so it's kind of hard to dodge the bullets. Yeah, I guess in that case, the, you know, opportunity cost wise, a steakhouse is probably your better option. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just also, made like, so they... many people mad that like the vegetarian just came on here and criticized rare steak. No, I no. I mean, like I, I think people know going into it that you're vegetarian. Yeah. Is there like all right? Just give me the one thing that you have like a hard, like the thing that you get the hottest about. How about that? Like the thing that I get the angriest about. Yeah, like the the thing that you're willing to share the hottest take about. I don't know, man. It, can I can I get back to you next week? I feel Ketchup? like you just completely put me on the on the spot. I mean, like I could give you f- seven different things right now I that just, I could give I you that kind of a take. About. I don't think about food that often. It doesn't have to be about food. Oh my! Yeah, God. I literally have nothing. We're, I have no. This is exactly. <laughs> this was the point. Of, this is the point of this experiment. Every time is that I can show everybody we are the opposite human being. Yeah. No. I mean, I <laughs> yin and yang. Yeah, it's, it's where it's we true. are. True. Yeah, I I cannot think of like something that I feel really really hot takey about. <laughs> The sad part is, for those of you listening right now, you guys can't see this, but Harrison has actually been thinking about this. As I have been, like, giving him time to think about this, he's been thinking he doesn't have it. He's incapable. Yeah, I got I mean, I'm just so – like, now I'm so overthinking it that I'm not going to be able to come <laughs> to a conclusion, which is usually why I don't reach the hot take, you know, portion, I think, is because I – like I think about every angle of things so much, so it's hard for me to get such a strong opinion about one access way or the journalism. Other. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I have some hot tip, but that one I'll save for off the air. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode <laughs> of the Lakers Lounge. Uh, I do want to. Harrison talked about it at the top of the show, and we. Uh, I'm going to talk about it again right now. Well, we you do have me. the. You for you said plug my new show tomorrow. Well, you, I mean, all right, I can clip that. I'll, I'll clip that. But, <laughs> but uh, that is the tomorrow uh, on a Friday afternoon. 
You were, yeah, I, I remember the, the days of the nine to five that I used to have. And about like two o'clock, I would look for any reason whatsoever to go sit in the bathroom for an hour. And, and that's, I would listen to a show or whatever. So, uh, tomorrow about that time, the hook is going to air. So I want you guys to check that out or improve your commute home. Oh, there that's we go. I, I came up do. with a hot take that I guess some people might disagree with. So I don't know. Did you okay. see that wall street journal article yesterday about, uh, like, you know, people are missing their commutes to work, like, because it was their time to <laughs> unwind. Did you see that? Yeah, everybody. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's not that. I know it nobody. Written, I, I don't know what. Written, there, there's like maybe one percent of humanity that misses their commute, yeah. and that might even be high. Like, I feel like very few people miss their commute. Think about maybe. how miserable their life at home must be. Yeah, that's the only reason that maybe your commute is like really nice. <laughs> but yeah, I think like the thing that maybe I is sort of a hot take is like I just like I don't think I would ever want a job where I had to work in an office. I don't know how mm-hmm. hot takey that was, but like I was significantly off of consensus on that when I took this job. Now that is obviously a lot more normalized uh, during these times. But like, I just feel like offices are, if it's not like, I understand that there's some work you have to do in an office. There are certain like professions and, Mm -hmm. you know, places where you have to go in. But for me, like as a writer or, you know, like creative, I cannot imagine working in an office. I just feel like it's such a time waste. You're constantly, you end up talking to people, you end up distracted. Like I would rather kind of, you know, make my own hours at home. It depends on the – for me, it depends on the job. Like, if I were if, – if we – I just also don't roll, like being around people enough to want to do that. So, well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like, I'm a podcast host. You're a writer. Yeah. You know? Like, that's – I like talking to people. You you like to, you know, get immersed in, in, in text. And, and – but, like, for – if it was silver screen and roll, I would have loved to, to be in an office where, like, our Slack – like instead of it, instead of it being the occasional message on Slack, I would just throw a grenade into the middle of the room. Yeah, but Anthony, and some of us, us actually argue. have to work, so that's why it's better that it's Slack and not an actual room. <laughs> or I would send one of those Slack messages, and I would hear the entire office around me sigh, just groan like, at the same time. Yeah, come on. And like, there's, there's, but I remember like the last nine to five that I had before I started to try to do this was. Uh, proposal writing for a company called Highrite, which is like a background company and i worked with a a a group of people who was like who loved background checks and i didn't know that group of people existed they were just really happy every day to show up to work and it was just like nope i can never be this kind of amped for background checks I, i i'm not a cop and so uh that's you know if when i when i stopped working there i said I don't ever want to work in an office again because I never want to be in that situation again. But as we are where we are right now, I I, I would I could there's an Austin Vox office out here. I could I could see myself going in there occasionally. Maybe. Nope. Probably I not. I, ne- I never would unless I was forced no. to. <laughs> now that I talk, <laughs> it's a long commute. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, that was still not a great hot take. I yeah, I, I we gotta, apologize. We got to find like a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll think. Like I'll think about it. I will bring you one next week. I will. I will right. come prepared with a hot take. I'm gonna right, work on this a, all week. I'm gonna prepare the way that the best hot takes are made. You know, <laughs> just lots of preparation and research. Well, people do miss Harrison's hot takes. It's true. Maybe I'll bring them a Harrison's hot take. Yeah, we should do that. Okay. All right. Until then, this has been the Lakers Lounge. We'll talk to you guys next week.